John in his old age, it, it's said in church tradition, they would take him to the public square where he would teach and he would say, little children love one another. And that was his message. And people went, John, you were with Jesus all the time. You said there's not enough, you know, room to write down all the things that sure. he said and talk. Give us a little. Give us something, yeah. you know? And he's like, no, this is what the Lord taught us. Yeah. And, and this alone is sufficient. This is, this is the guiding principle of the Christian life. So whatever culture you live in, if you're listening to this and, and you're wherever in the world, whatever's going on culturally in the context with you're in, with, with which you're in, this is, this is our guiding principle. Yeah. Um, what does love require of me? And sometimes that means we do speak truth. And sometimes that means we do take a stand on things and we do go, okay, uh, but not at the expense of loving people. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast. I'm sitting here with Justin Martz, or the guy who Chad lovingly refers to as the professor. Justin, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Robert. Glad to be back. Yep. I'm glad to be here with you today. Yeah, it's not your yeah. first time you've been on the podcast before. We're continuing today by picking up some questions that people gave us on Instagram. If you're not following us on social media, you can do that. Uh, search Sun Valley Community Church on whatever platform you're on, and uh, you can follow us there. And so there was a survey, some questions came in, and so we're going to have a conversation around these questions that came in from people on our Instagram. The first question was this. Are we, we're just going to dive right in. Let's dive right in. I don't yeah. know if you want to like talk about life and all we, Nobody cares. Let's go yeah. right into the <laughs> questions. Let's get right to the, the heavy stuff here. The first question is, do you fear God? And is God meant to be feared? So, Justin, you have a background in the Bible. You studied the Bible. You have degrees in theology and, and studying the Bible. And I do think there is this idea of like in the Old Testament, you see God and everyone's like, man, he's terrifying yeah. and all of that. In the New Testament, Jesus shows up, God in the flesh, and it seems like a different person. Um, so maybe start there. How, how do you, and, and we'll answer this question, but how do you reconcile kind of that Old Testament versus New Testament? Is God schizophrenic? Is there, you know, why, why does it seem so different between the two? And, and what's kind of your understanding of that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, not the question that was asked that I prepped for, but that's fine. <laughs> that's <laughs> Welcome fine. to the podcast. It's okay. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, so how people approach the Bible is going to really determine how they answer that question mm -hmm. or, or view God. Um, the Bible is a unified story that leads, leads to Jesus. And the Old Testament shows us as humans who, who God is, um, who humans are, what the condition is, the sinful condition is, and how bad that is through narrative stories um, and follows God's plan for redemption um, for the world. So as you... As you read through from Genesis all the way to, through the through the Old Testament, um, you pick up pieces um, of of what I just said and of what this Messiah figure would is going to look like, mm -hmm. um, who will redeem this relationship of God and man. So yeah, I think you you do get some, you know, uh, judgment and some like pictures of how bad sin is because mm -hmm. like we have to realize like sin is something that had to be dealt with mm -hmm. uh, in a way that we couldn't deal with it. Um, but if you read it Christologically um, or what messianically, like Explain, with Christ at the yep, center of go. it or the Messiah, so there's, there's a really good book actually called Reading Moses, Seeing Jesus. I don't know if we can pitch books or whatever. I didn't write you it. You just did. So, so yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, and it's a short book, but it's really helpful. It's written by a, a Jewish person who believes Jesus is the Messiah. And um, 
it's a great way to say, here's how you should be viewing or reading through the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, to see that, to mm-hmm. see the picture of, you know, who God is, who humans are, what we were meant to be, the problem of sin, the seriousness of sin. But then along the way, how did God choose one person, one family, uh, and worked through that family line, even though that family line was way, really imperfect mm-hmm. to bring about the Messiah, who was Jesus. And then the New Testament shows, okay, as we look back through these, you know, these this Old Testament, which the which used people call the Tanakh, um, and this is this is how we can see that Jesus is this person we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for a lot of people too, it's easy to remember some of the big crazy stories. And it's like, man, a bunch of people died. Like even like as a kid growing up in church, like I remember, you know, the flood and all of humanity, except for a family of eight, like that's pretty dark. Like that's a dark story, uh, part, part of this narrative. Um, but you miss out on, no, God's gracious all throughout this. The reason why there was a flood is God's preserving his plan for humanity, not eliminating it. It's not that he's just upset and going to wipe people out. He's actually preserving things. And so d- depending on how you see it and, and seeing it in its wholeness, there really is God's grace all throughout. In fact, when God's described, he's gracious, full of mercy, you know, slow, yeah. no, you're... slow to anger, abounding in love. I mean, th- this is who God is. And, and yet we kind of miss that sometimes. That Exodus passage that you were just quoting um, is the most quoted Old Testament verse in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So, th- which describes God's justice and mercy and forgiveness to, you know, you know, in perpetuity. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah. That's who God is as character. So to go back to the original yeah. question. So do you fear God and is God supposed to be feared? How, okay. how would you answer this question? So I, I was thinking a lot about it because it is a, it's, it's kind of a big question. And I think, um, I'm actually reading, we're reading this book in class right now called Reading Scripture, Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes. Mm-hmm. And as a Westerner, one Two of the- Two book promotions right now. Yeah, look at yeah. that. Man, this, Five what is this in. right now? <laughs> yeah. uh, um, one of the things we like to do as West, Westerners is to have like hard yes and no's to, mm-hmm. to a question like this even, where I think it's more supposed to be like thought provoking. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a yes or no. Like, should God be feared? Yeah. Um, you know, he's God, he's bigger than us. He's outside of us. Um, does God want a love? Is God love? And does God want a loving relationship? Which I think is where you want to start with that question. God is love. And he's always existed in this loving relationship like mm-hmm. you've talked about. Uh, and he wants us to be a part of that loving relationship. So I think in a way, we shouldn't fear God if we have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, you do get a picture like, for instance, at Mount Sinai, um, Moses told the people to stand away from the mountain for a few days uh, until God comes. And then when God comes, they were supposed to all go up on the mountain and meet and meet God and then be a people of priests. But then when God showed up, it was like loud mm-hmm. and thunderous and lightning. And they're like, nope, <laughs> right? Yeah. They like run away from the mountain. Uh, so I think as sinful people experiencing God, especially in like a physical way like that, mm-hmm. uh, would be, is scary. Yeah. So you have to, it's like a tension to balance, yeah. right? I, I I agree with you. I I think too. Sometimes we we use the same word in English, and it means a whole lot of different things. And you know, different languages have a lot more nuances than English does. But even the idea of fear. So there's afraid of, which if you're in Christ Jesus, you don't need to be afraid because you you are uh, all all of your sin is covered by Him, and you are clothed in His righteousness. So there's nothing to to fear in that sense. Um, and fear doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. so you don't have to be afraid. And there's uh, but no fear the, in love. Yep. But yeah. at the same time, uh, there, there is a fear that's a respectful fear. 
That's an honoring fear. That's a, okay, we're talking about the God of the universe. Right. Who spoke and the cosmos came into existence. I mean, there, there's, there is a, a omnipotence, a, a all powerful aspect of who God is. And there's also, you, you alluded to this, God is holy. Yeah. Uh, he's set apart. He's he's apart from all of creation. For us to even try and wrap our minds around that, uh, but to experience any kind of encounter, even if God is, you know, in in humility, having some kind of manifestation in this moment with Moses, like still, even that would be absolutely terrifying. He's holy and he's just, meaning he can't just ignore sin. And and you and I are incredibly sinful people in the in the nature of who we are and our behaviors uh, that. That that in light of God's holiness and God's justice, we should be afraid. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, by God's grace, through the work of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and his resurrection, we don't have to be fearful of him, which is that yeah. tension that I think you're talking about. There's a respect. There's an honor. We're talking about God. Yeah. Uh, and there should be some healthy fear in all of that. Yeah. And there's, uh, this, you know, when uh, Isaiah had a vision, like it being the throne room of mm-hmm. God and he's like, I'm, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm a dead man. Yeah. And then God like purified him. And yep. it's a picture of, you know, um, it is super scary. Uh, but at the same time, God wants us in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Yeah. And then the other, the other part of that too, I think, um, is the idea of discipline. Like in Hebrews, it talks about like, you know, um, what parent doesn't discipline their children mm-hmm. type thing. So... For me, even growing up, there was like that healthy fear again of like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I know my parents love me and I love them. But at the same time, this is like a reality of, of life that mm-hmm. um, I can do something and then experience something based on that, mm-hmm. you know. Here's, here's, and we'll go on to the next question here in a minute, but here, here's what I find fascinating. So I understand like intellectually, theologically, we can have conversations about all this, uh, but then practically my interactions, when I'd spend time praying just me and God. Um, I don't, I don't feel condemnation. I don't feel yeah. terror. I, I feel immense love from God. And, and again, that has nothing to do with what I've done, it has everything to do with what he's done and who he is. Um, and, and so I do have a respect for God. And I think we all should have an absolute respect for God. We don't want to use, you know, his name flippantly. We don't want to just be like, oh yeah, well, Jesus yeah. is my homeboy. Um, no, no, <laughs> th- we're, we're talking about, again, God. There, there's an honor, there's a respect there, but there's also, to your point, there's an immense love and, and acceptance through what Jesus has done for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just um, say this, there's a passage that people go to a lot that says like, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, That phrase, fear and trembling, is actually used by Paul in another letter to the Corinthians when he says, I came to you, not in eloquent speech, but in fear and trembling. Uh, so it's really like a phrase that means like in humility. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean like I'm shaking in my boots, mm-hmm. right? Like, God doesn't want that. Um, he wants you to come to him, be part of this loving relationship yeah. uh, and, and not be afraid of, of punishment, not be afraid of condemnation. Um, but Which pair that with the, yeah. the prodigal son story and it yeah. makes sense. You, you take the, you know, the original interpretation of it and you go, well, that doesn't totally add up. Jesus says the father runs to the son who was wayward, you know, and welcomes him in and throws a big party. He came home, he was lost, he's found, you know, and, and what you're describing, that makes a whole lot more sense in the light of everything else scripture teaches us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Here we go. Uh, number two, what do you suggest when you feel like you're in a rut, you you know, like stuck in a routine and feeling lost. So when you feel like you're maybe spiritually in a rut, what do you suggest? Oh man, that's, that's like a very practical question. Um, my first response is, is move. And I think that even like was an answer that you may even gave in a sermon one time about like, just do something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
like get up. Like I'll, I'll give you an example for me. I, I found myself kind of in a rut. Um, and it's, it's, I think the step one is like being aware you have a rut, mm-hmm. right? I've been yep. in one, which is good. So whoever asked this question, like, okay, good, good step one. Um, but at night, you know, you, you spend your day running around doing work, all the stuff you go home. Like I go home, take care of the kids. Um, I, we have a little baby also, and, um, all that's done. And then every night, like I, I find myself on the couch, right? Sitting on the couch, turn the TV on, you know, nine o'clock at night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then one day I'm like, why am I here right now? Like, it's just like an automatic, you know, bloop right there. Yep. And like, okay, I'm aware of this. I need to like mix it up, right? I need to not come to the couch. Maybe Rebecca and I can just go talk or, yeah. you know, go for a walk or do something different. Uh, so I think part of it is the awareness and then what, what else can you do? Um, so I think f- if we're talking like spiritual things, um, are, are you disciplining yourself in spiritual matters, right? Mm-hmm. Prayer, meditation, um, you know, yeah, there's time so with God, like whatever worship, worship, uh, yeah, study, solitude. I yeah, mean, there's read the there's, Bible. Yeah, there's so know? many different spiritual disciplines that Jesus modeled that you know people in church history that you see in the Bible. Uh, there's great books out there on disciplines. Yeah, um, go for a walk, go for yeah. a hike. You know, think Get about something. Yeah. Go in nature. Um, so I think that's helpful serve. to serve. Yeah. yeah. So along with that, then is say uh, I'm kind of in a rut. Um, what am I good at? What do I like to do? Where am I, where are my gifts? And let's let me do something, right? Let's let's get you plugged in here, or mm-hmm. let's figure out what you can do um, that would be meaningful and different, and and mix things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and and sometimes I, I think too, it could be you're doing the right things, but you, you feel like you're stuck in a rut. And and I would say this: I, ruts, at least for me, I'm going to speak for myself. Ruts are more a a, a function of my emotions. How mm-hmm. how do I feel? Yeah. at this moment, and and sometimes get real personal here. Sometimes I don't feel like being dad to my kids when I get home. I don't feel like, man, I'm super motivated to ask them all the questions about their day and to do all that, which I know sounds terrible. Some days I'm really excited and want to hear what's going on. Uh, Some days I just don't feel like that. And you could call that a rut and maybe that goes on for a while. Here's what you do. You do what you know is the right thing to do. Yeah. And then sometimes you, you just keep doing, okay, I know as a parent, like this is important for my kids to look them in the eye, to put my phone away, to ask them questions and to engage, to actively listen to what they're saying. I may not feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Same thing's true spiritually. There's times I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like spending time alone. I don't feel like doing those things. So here's what you do. You do what you know to be the right thing to do and you you plow through it. And there's seasons that it is. You're just, all right, God. I don't even know if you're listening to my prayer, but you told me to pray. So I'm just going to keep on praying. And and I do, I, I can look back on seasons where I, I see that, okay, God, I was faithful, even though I didn't feel like it. And and eventually you come out of that rut. And if you don't, you're stuck, get counseling, get help. I was going to mention it, that. Yeah, seek yeah. others. If it's to the point where it's like, okay, I've, I'm trying these things. It's like a depression or it's mm-hmm. further along than I can, I can get out of this practically. Um, we have resources, you know, call us here or... You yeah. Know, find reach out to your really campus pastor, you. reach out to somebody on, yeah. on staff. We'd love to help make that connection. All right, Robert, you mind if I ask you a question? Uh, bring it on. We can mix it up a little bit here. Uh, I'm not used to being asked the questions on this podcast, but go for it. <laughs> All right. Next question is how to live in this cultural moment as a, as a Christian. So how do you live in today's culture? Which, which cultural moment are we talking about, Justin? Can you be more specific uh, or is you just, yeah. you're just reading the not Instagram sure question? I'm just reading the question, right? <laughs> but like to, like, I guess... As a as a citizen of the United States mm-hmm. in Gilbert, Arizona, um, how do you live 
intentionally Christian today. Yeah, yeah. So nobody's going to be satisfied with my answer. I'm just going to go ahead and, and start with this uh, right out of the gate. Here, here's what I I believe. And there's been moments that I, I've gotten sucked into whatever it is on the news and whatever's going on. And I, I have opinions and feelings and thoughts and all of that. And it's really easy to get encamped with somebody and go, I'm putting a stake in the ground on this issue or on this topic. And culturally, we're applauding that. And that's a big deal. Um, Jesus teaches us that, that we're to be known for our love one for another. Yeah. The, the moments throughout the history of the church that we're really ashamed of, really embarrassed of throughout the last 2,000 years of church history are the moments we abandoned that for something else, that that was no longer primary. And um, I've been studying this just recently as, you know, in, in preparation for a message and, I you know, kind of praying through this and, and learning some new things. But uh, John, who's the only disciple who lived into his old age, um, there's there's this church tradition that John in his old age, they used to take him. And John was the closest of all the disciples to Jesus. Uh, relationally, in just proximity, mm-hmm. he was always in that inner circle. Uh, he's the one who, whom mom. Jesus loved. Yeah. yeah, he's the one that Jesus says, hey, this is now your mom and this is now your son. You guys are going to take care of each other. Uh, arguably, Jesus's best friend apart from himself and the three persons of the Trinity, right, you know, yeah. that, uh, that understood who Jesus was and what it means to follow him. And John in his old age, it, it's said in church tradition, they would take him to the public square where he would teach and he would say, little children love one another. And that was his message. And people went, John, you were with Jesus all the time. You said there's not enough, you know, room to write down all the things that sure. he said and talk. <laughs> give us a little, give us something, yeah. you know? And he's like, no, this is what the Lord taught us, yeah. and and this alone is sufficient. This is this is the guiding principle of the Christian life. So, whatever culture you live in, if you're listening to this and, and you're wherever in the world, whatever's going on culturally in the context with you're in, with with which you're in, this is this is our guiding principle. Yeah. Um, what does love require of me? And sometimes that means we do speak truth, and sometimes that means we do take a stand on things, and we do go okay, uh, but not at the expense of loving people, and and so that's. That's a really general answer. I told you you're not going to like it, um, but I, I do think it's so nuanced. I it was we need, good. Yeah, we have to run everything through the filter of what does love require of me yeah. in any given situation, whether that's with a family member at Thanksgiving that you don't agree with, whether that's somebody posting something that you disagree with, or somebody you know hurts your feelings or upsets you or frustrates you. Okay, what does love require of me in this moment? And and that really is the guiding principle. And I I love that story of you know I can picture John in his old age going, "Don't overcomplicate this, guys." Yeah. Um, yeah contextualize it, but everything needs to run through that filter. And when we don't, that's when we look back in history and go, yeah, I can't believe we did that. Yeah. And real love, like there's different loves in Greek, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, This this agape love, which is what John uses and all over, if you read first Mm -hmm. John, it's, that's what it's about. Um, Self-sacrificial. Unconditional self-sacrificial. How do I make myself Mm -hmm. less so you can be more type love? And I think that's that's a key to it, right? We embrace culture by reacting differently than people think we will. Yeah. Um, so it's not the it's not the pushback or the fight. It's the it's the understanding. It's the truly listening. Mm-hmm. I want to get to know you. I want to hear you. I want to respect you, and I want to you know, have a relationship with you. Yeah. And I care more you, about people you than Jesus. your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this. Um, I think being the best at whatever you do in Christ is a great way also to, to, to interact with culture. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so no matter what your work is, like, like do it to the Lord. Like first, uh, Paul says that in first Corinthians 10, right? Like whatever you do, mm-hmm. uh, do it for the Lord. And, and so I, I, 
I was in class last week and we had this guest come in. His name's Ron and he's the owner of Aquatots, right? So it's a school that teaches kids how to swim. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Yep. Right. And they have these like 10 guiding principles that if you buy an Aquatot franchise, like you have to live by these 10 principles and they're all biblically based. Mm-hmm. Um, grace and weakness, right? Relationships over profit. Mm-hmm. And, and some people that want franchises are like, what is this mess? You know, like this isn't counter, it's yep. counter to business, um, but they're, but they're global. Um, and he actually was able to go to the Middle East uh, and meet the Prince of Riyadh, like in this formal setting, which he was, was explaining how like scared he was of this situation. But it turned out to be this great opportunity for him to share with with the prince and his family, like what grace meant, because they asked, like, what does grace mean in this mm-hmm. in this context? And um, because of, of that, now they have schools there and, and in other parts of the world teaching kids how to swim. But being intentionally Christian mm-hmm. uh, in parts of the world that you can't go and say I'm a Christian, yeah. you know, so yeah. they'll, they'll they'll go and send workers there to help. Um, but their number one priority is to teach kids how to swim, you yeah. know, and do it yeah. really really well. So if we have more, if we can just do that, yep, you know, that's how the world gets changed. Yeah, that's so good. All right, we got time for one more question coming right. in on the on the Instagram here. You want to do it? Question number four. I want to start reading the Bible, and I don't know where to start. All right. That's a good practical help, question. Help me, too. professor. Sure. Um, first, you have the Gospels. Mm-hmm. So that's a great place to start. So for Matthew, somebody who's looking in their table of contents, yeah. where do they find the Gospels? New Testament, first four books. They're actually ancient biographies of Jesus. The intent of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is to convince their readers who Jesus is, that mm-hmm. he is the Messiah, the Savior from the Old Testament. Um, so that's kind of the foundational piece. Uh, a lot of people say start with John, um, but... I think any of them are just a great place to learn about Jesus, learn who he was, what he what he did. There's just power in that. Uh, and as you continue to read it, things will make more sense and pop out. Um, then I would say, I would personally say, uh, after you read the Gospels, start at the beginning. Like start at Genesis and start like reading through the, the Bible, but do it with a tool um, like the Bible Project. We use it a lot in class here, um, but you can watch like- What's the Bible Project? So the Bible Project is an animation studio in Portland, Oregon, and they um, they have like 10 minute animated videos of each book of the Bible, like a synopsis of the book, it's mm-hmm. outline, um, which are awesome. They have theme videos. They have a series on how to read the Bible. It's very helpful. Uh, and visual, so you're learning in different ways. So if you read through the Bible and you like watch one of those videos as you go, um, it'll help you connect what's happening mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's I find very helpful. Yeah, no, that's great. I similar to that. There's a, and I I'd agree with you. I'd say start start with the gospel, start with Jesus, because it really makes a whole lot of sense of some of the other stuff that you read. And you're like, wait, what what are all these laws for, and what's all that about? Because I know a lot of people who will start like a book in Genesis. And they get stuck somewhere in yeah. Leviticus, you know, yeah, and there's like, like it was good through is. Exodus. I was kind of following. There's some crazy stories in Genesis, but okay, now we're in Leviticus and wow, I'm getting lost in all these rules and laws and all of that. But there was a book that came out and it's called uh, The Story. And it's where they took the Bible and put it in chronological narrative form. And they yeah. kind of summarize some of the 
And then they gave all the laws to the priests, you know, and they included things like this. And so it does, it does not give you the entirety of scripture, but for me in my mind, I was like, oh, I understand kind of the narrative of this, uh, but yeah, there's lots of great tools out there. Um, the, af- after you have the gospels in the new Testament, you have the story of the early church, the mm-hmm. acts of the apostles. And so that's right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you get into these letters yeah. that these apostles then wrote to the churches that were started through their missionary journeys. A, a lot of them are written by Paul and, uh, and there's just a lot of unpacking. What does this mean to follow Jesus? So now we know who Jesus is. He's yeah. the Messiah. We know what he's done. He paid the penalty of sin on on the cross, that there was a resurrection, which is why the church exists. It's not because Jesus was a good teacher. It's because there was an event that took place where he conquered death on our behalf and and appeared to witnesses. And they went, oh, this is real. And and that's how the church was born. Holy Spirit shows up. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. And and now the the church expands. And so those letters are just unpacking. Now, what does this mean to follow this Savior? And and so there's lots of insights in there. But yeah, so many great tools out there, reading plans, all of that. I I think you're right on to say, yeah, get some some extra resources. Because if you read it on your own with no context, historically, geographically, culturally, you lose a lot in translation through our Western eyes. So, And you can do like a reading the Bible one of your plan. Mm-hmm. I know they have one on the Bible app. Um, so those types of things are good too. If you want to just get yeah. through it. Or just call up Justin, show up to his house. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll help walk you through yeah, it. That's so. right. That's, I'm just going to volunteer. Let's read it together. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. My address yeah. is Robert's house. Yeah. No. Great. Uh, well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Anything else you want to add, Justin, before we close no, out that's great. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Well, those are some of the questions. Thanks for bringing those questions in on Instagram. Again, if you're not following us on social media, uh, you can find us, look up Sun Valley Community Church. And uh, and if you, this is helpful at all, somebody you know would benefit from it, you can share it, like all that good stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll be with you guys next time. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.